Hello and welcome to Mixnerd News. This is where you come to listen to breaking news when it comes to the nerd world. That means we have breaking video game news, movie news, and TV news. If you want to hear about the latest games, the latest movies, and everything else, stick around. Because here's your host Nick from a tiny studio in San Diego. up guys do you hear that new sound that new music that's right that is our new intro produced by yours truly very very recently how are you guys doing though it's me nick your host um you guys having a good day i am sorry if you hear fan noise it's very warm very very warm where i am but no how are you guys doing you guys having a good day you having a good week well you know what some things are going to be going on for the uh, foreseeable future, and that's mainly because the actors decided to go on strike last week. So, uh, in keeping with other content creators you may follow in terms of, of movie and TV news, uh, we're not going to be covering a whole lot in the future. And, and when I say that, it doesn't mean all content, right? Uh, we're going to have some stuff that's holdover from last week. Uh, then, of course, we will... I'm going to start talking about some old movies, right? I, I, am, I am a historian, technically by, by schooling standards. I have a degree in, in history. So it makes sense to talk about the past, right? The, the, the old Hollywood the, up until more recently, right? So essentially, we're not going to talk about anything new uh, mainly because it's it's being struck, and when I say struck, that means that's what's being they're on strike about. So we'll talk about stuff that's already come out. Up until uh, we're gonna have a review of Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, and then after that, to after today, no new content in regards of movie or TV. We're gonna talk about old stuff, um, just so that you know we show solidarity with them because without them I wouldn't have content to talk about right and yes studios and money and producers I understand that aspect of it but we're going to go over some of the things that the actors demanded we know what the writers demanded so in in reality right we're, we're going to stand with the people that actually make the content not the people that pay for the content so things are just going to be a little different in terms of that video game coverage should be unchanged uh, if anything we'll go deeper into video game stuff uh, over the next, hopefully, few weeks, not months. But we'll see. A lot a lot of things can change. Uh, but I don't want to waste too much time on that. I do want to get into the actual news of the week. Uh, before that, though, don't forget to check out nixternews.com, where you guys can listen to the show right in your browser. Or, if you prefer, you can listen to us on the go. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. 
Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. We're on Odyssey. Uh, we're on Amazon Music. We're on all the good stuff. You guys can take us on the go. Subscribe, listen, share, like, post, all that good stuff. I uh, hope you guys are having fun. Uh, also, don't forget to follow us on social media. Follow Nixter News on Twitter, on Instagram, on Threads. We're on Facebook. We're on all the big ones. Uh, don't forget to follow me on TikTok. That's where I post a lot of the show's updates. Uh, that's under the Nick DeFalco. You can also follow me on other socials at that name as well. But let's jump into the news, shall we? new bumper music too how are you guys doing how are you guys enjoying that huh some new tunes all around on nixner news hope you guys are enjoying that it's uh something i've been working on for quite a while was finally able to to put my stamp of completion on it and and sharing it all with you guys but no hey what's uh what, what else is going on well let's talk about what's going on in the video game world shall we well playstation has come out and, and essentially promised that the Horizon franchise, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, Horizon Forbidden West, it isn't going anywhere. And honestly, I, I couldn't be happier. The, the, that While it is a newer franchise, it is literally one of my favorite franchises. It has become one of my favorite franchises. It is something I very much enjoy. I would love to get deeper and deeper into the lore, hopefully... They start putting out more content beyond, I think it's like one book and a couple comics. Obviously in the games and things like that. Uh, that's one thing that I, I think would be ripe for adaptation on the screen. Either be it a movie or a TV show. Um, I think that is that is something that would benefit greatly from that. It, it has the the characters and the, the, the robots alone. Um, the machines would be perfect for that adaptation. Uh, but essentially, they, they put out a statement that uh, said, uh, via Games Radar, studio director of um, Guerrilla Games said that, quote, we're going to be continuing it for a very long while. As people probably already know, we're also going to be working on a multiplayer game. Um, a massive shift for the studio, almost on the same level as doing the first Horizon. Building this all out to a multiplayer experience is a whole new challenge for the studio. Uh, unquote. So I'm very excited for that. I cannot wait for the third game. As long as they keep doing what they've been doing this entire time, we shouldn't have any issue with the future of the franchise. Um, Team Fortress 2 got a new update, and with it, it beat its previous concurrent player record. So more people were playing Team Fortress 2 in the year of 2023 than any time in its past, which is pretty wild for an older game like that. But it's not the first older game to receive a big, massive sh influx of players. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 has jumped to the top of Steam's top sellers, despite it not even being out yet, after its announcement last week that it was going to allow you to have intercourse in wild shape with a bear as a druid <laughs> i am i shocked that that caused the 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 pre-sales to go up no not really um that's it's just 
it's funny to me that that's what would cause it. Um, <laughs> that's funny. EA and EA Sports have announced uh, the release date for EA Sports FC 2024. That is, of course, the replacement for the FIFA franchise. It will release on 929, uh, September 29th, for $70 for the base game. Uh, it will feature the return of many normal uh, functions and features, uh, including Ultimate Team. Uh, this time, though, it will allow you to have female players in Ultimate Team, a first for the series. Some people were complaining online in FIFA, or FIFA, and EA Sports responded like, um, this is Ultimate Team, it's already a fantasy. Like, calm down there, people. If you want to play all men, there's modes for that. Just Ultimate Team is not, not real, so calm down. <laughs> um, that's funny. How about this? The FTC, after this whole debacle with the with Xbox and everything like that, has been accused of wasting taxpayer money. So, uh, Lena Khan was questioned by the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, Lena Khan is the Federal Trade Commission chair. Uh, so, the House Judiciary Committee uh, questioned her, uh, and it was called the, quote, Oversight of the Federal Trade Commission, unquote. Uh, asked by Representative Kevin Kiley, saying, quote, you seem to be losing quite a bit, and I don't say that to be disrespectful, but these are, after all, taxpayer funds. You are now 0-4 and four in merger trials. The average win weight for the FTC in the modern antitrust era is around 75%. So I have to ask, why are you losing so much, unquote? Obviously, it would go on the biggest because they lost twice in one week and we'll, we'll cover that in just a bit in regards to the xbox acquisition of activision blizzard is it a waste of taxpayer money i don't know like i said the, the case they made was bunk and garbage and trash could they have made a better one a thousand percent would it have been a waste of taxpayer money if they won i don't know um a group of Republicans have signed a letter calling it out because they were trying to protect it. It more or less looked like they were trying to protect Sony, which then you could make a huge argument that it's a waste of taxpayer money. Um, to a degree, they kind of were protecting Sony in a way. Um, it, you know, it, it's a very complicated issue. But I, what it, was it a waste of taxpayer money? I, I wouldn't say it was. I, I think it was necessary and justified. It's that's their job. That's the literally the FTC's job. Um. So I, I don't personally think that it was a, a waste of taxpayer money. Uh, the PlayStation accessibility controller finally has a release date. That will release on December sixth for eighty nine dollars. Uh, that of course is going to be its intentional. Uh, for players with disabilities, people with disabilities to be able to play video games and other things. Uh, similar to the Xbox accessibility controller that came out several years ago. Uh, but the Sony one obviously is a little different, but they both have one now. Bungie has won a, another lawsuit against a uh, bad actor, if you will. I, I don't know how to better describe that. They've won $500,000 in damages from an individual who perpetrated a campaign of harassment and terror against the community managers of Destiny 2 uh, and their wife. Um, which, uh, and it was all because they highlighted art of a black community member. So, 
Jesse James Comer, who didn't even bother to defend themselves in Superior Court in Washington, um, has been directed to pay $489,435.52 in damages, costs, and legal fees, with 12% post-judgment interest being added every year that it's left unpaid. Uh, via Polygon, Comer's actions, um, which uh, led to the, the court essentially siding with Bungie. So, wow. Um, this is from a paralegal, Catherine Tucson, who was part of the legal team um, on behalf of Bungie, said, quote, by recognizing a new tort based on the Washington criminal statutes outlawing cyber and telephone harassment, the court has created a path for those with the resources to identify stochastic terrorists and hold them accountable to do exactly that and recover their costs in court, unquote. So it's interesting. So Comer allegedly, or not allegedly, he's been found guilty now, quote, was racist stochastic terrorism um, led a campaign of that, unquote, incensed, unquote, at least five times. Um, wow. He hired a, like, a delivery driver to deliver stuff and then, like, bang on the door of uh, the community manager and his family's home. That's, it, it, it's all online harassment and doxing. I'm happy that guy lost. Good. Good for him. Good for good for Bungie. Get this guy out of here. Wild, man. That's wild. Uh, as we started saying before, the Xbox has essentially won its case against the FTC. Uh, the FTC, in a last-ditch effort last week, appealed Judge uh, Corley's ruling on the injunction they were seeking against the Activision uh, acquisition by Microsoft. Uh, But it has now been denied. So, it's... uh, The the appeal was denied. So that means, essentially, they were free to close the deal. Uh, The only hindrance right now is the CMA, which is the Competition Markets Authority in the United Kingdom. Uh, they have put, uh, though, on pause their uh, lawsuit against the, the deal. They have essentially allowed Microsoft and them to renegotiate. Microsoft and Blizzard may sell off cloud stuff. We don't know all the fully details yet. Um, but as of right now, the only country holding it up is the UK. The, the Microsoft has won in the United States of America. Um, with that, though, Sony decided to send sign, finally sign the 10-year deal um, to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for at least 10 years. It could always go beyond that. Um, this is only for Call of Duty, though. It will not be for um, all other games, which is unfortunate. As of right now, doesn't mean... Um, it, I'm sure it could change in the future. Uh, Phil Spencer tweeted, quote, We are pleased to announce that Microsoft and PlayStation have signed a binding agreement to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation following the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. We look forward to a future where players globally have more choice to play their favorite games. Um, No surprise there. Took them a little while, but they did. Um, And then because of all this, the deal has essentially... So the deal was supposed to close yesterday. 
Um, because of it, the deal has been allowed to be extended till at least October. So it was supposed to close yesterday. Um, there was a hearing in the UK to discuss it. Things have been discussed about potential ramifications or, or um, not ramifications, but ways to remedy the issues in the UK. Um, but they have extended the deal to close now in October um, without a penalty or anything like that. So the deadline was originally supposed to close yesterday. Like I said, they've now extended it into October. So let me see if we have an official date on that because obviously it's going to close way before that once the, um, once the CMA stuff is remedied and rectified. Um, so as of right now, the deal will now be extended. The deadline will be extended to October 18th. Uh, otherwise, Microsoft has to pay $3 billion to Activision. Will that happen? I doubt it. I doubt we'll even have to wait that long. But it looks like that deal is finally in sight and we can put this nonsense to bed <laughs> after so long. Um, Activision already technically left the stock exchange, so it's, it's pretty much a done deal at this point. Uh, in major news over at Xbox, two major things over at Xbox, actually. Larry Herb, better known as Major Nelson, uh, stepping down after 20 years at the company. Um, he is uh, looking to new, a new chapter in his life. Uh, on Twitter, he said, quote, After 20 incredible years, I've decided to take a step back and work on the next chapter of my career. As I take a moment and think about all we have done together, I want to thank the millions of gamers around the world who, who have included me as part of their lives. Also, thanks to Xbox team members for trusting me to have a direct dialogue with our customers. The future is bright for Xbox, and as a gamer, I'm excited to see the evolution. Uh, unquote. He hasn't said what he is going to be doing. Uh, the official Xbox podcast will be on hold until later in the year uh, because of it. And, uh, man, um, it sucks that we're uh, losing Major Nelson, Larry Herb. I've always liked his content. I didn't never I didn't regularly regularly listen to the Xbox podcast, um, but I loved watching his Xbox Wire updates and everything else and and shows that he would host for them. So it uh, it's unfortunate, but the man's been there a long time. I think he's kind of earned his time to either retire or start whatever is next in his life. And also, RIP to the real one, Xbox Live will officially be ending. Uh, later this year, as it transitions fully to Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, Xbox Live Gold um, is, is over, essentially. And uh, just over 20 years, on September 14th, Xbox Live Gold will be replaced with Game Pass Core, um, which will uh, remain um, $9.99 a month or $59.99 a year. Uh, it will include online console multiplayer and gives uh, subscribers a collection over, of over 25 games to play on Series X, S, and Xbox One. So essentially it's staying the same price, but instead of full Game Pass, you only get about 25 games that will probably be on rotation. Uh, Xbox Live first launched on November 15th, 2002 with Halo 2. Uh, games with gold will also cease to exist 
on September 14th. So uh, if you're an Xbox Live Gold member, you automatically become Game Pass Core subscriber. And uh, that will, uh, and Games with Gold will end on September 1st. I guess any 360 games you get to keep. Uh, you won't need an active subscription anymore. Xbox One games, though, will require an active subscription if you got them with Xbox Games with Gold. Uh, some of the games that will be included in the uh, 25 games are Among Us, Descenders, Dishonored 2, Doom Eternal, Fable Anniversary, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, Grounded, Halo 5, Halo Wars 2, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, Human Fall Flat, Inside, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Psychonauts 2, State of De Decay 2, and The Elder Scrolls Online, Tamriel Unlimited. Um, more games will be announced before September 14th. New, ad new games will be added two or three times a year. Um, any, you can continue to access any Xbox One games you redeemed with games with gold if you remain a Game Pass Ultimate or Game Pass Core member. Uh, regardless of any subscription status, any 360 title redeemed via Games with Gold will be kept in your library. So this is a new thing. So you just get to keep those. Um, a lot of things changing over at Xbox, though. But, uh, yeah, if you're still Xbox Live Gold, expect that change. I'm Game Pass Ultimate. I think that's the best deal. Uh, you get games on PC with Game Pass as well. Uh, Ubisoft has announced that Assassin's Creed Mirage is partnering with a company to release a haptic gaming suit. Uh, the reality of Ready Player One is becoming more and more real as, as time goes on. Essentially, it's a, a shirt that you can wear that has haptic feedback, so you can feel everything that goes on in the game that happens to... Um, I can't remember the name of the assassin that you play in the game. Um, anywho... The hacker that uh, leaked Grand Theft Auto 6 data has gone to court uh, and uh, has been accused of blackmailing Rockstar by threatening to release the source code. Uh, via Reuters, the accused hacker is Arian Cartage. He's a teenage member of Lapsus Hacking Group, uh, 12 charges in the UK, and uh, he's also been accused of targeting Revolt, Revolut, Uber and NVIDIA with blackmailing, as well as British broadband provider BT Group uh, and demanding a $4 million ransom. Uh, but he has been unfit, he has been deemed un mentally unfit to stand trial. So we'll see if anything actually comes from it, uh, since he can't be charged with anything. Uh, we've learned some new details about Star Wars Outcasts, which will also be at Comic-Con. It uh, looks like games are going to take over Comic-Con in the absence of, of movie studios and actors. But uh, Massive Entertainment has revealed some new details via Edge Magazine. Creative director Julian Garrity uh, said Outlaws is set between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Uh, and he said uh, it takes a, quote, handcrafted, manageable approach to the open world formula. It's a crude analogy, but the size of one planet may be equivalent to two of the zones in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It could be two to three zones, but it's not the sort of epic, the whole of England recreated approach. So if you guys played Assassin's Creed Odyssey, those zones are huge in a good way. I put a lot of time into that game. This is reassuring to me. I cannot wait to get my hands on Star Wars Outlaws when it releases, I think, next year. 
Um, let's see. That's good. So, earlier I mentioned, you know, Team Fortress 2 broke a, a player record. Well, now old Call of Duty games are uh, enjoying a population boon. Uh, X on Xbox 360, um, Black Ops 2, Modern Warfare 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, and Modern Warfare have seen a large boost in the terms of thousands of people. So if people are getting into the lobbies very quickly, um, you can hop in uh, via like backwards compatibility. And uh, Black Ops 2 had over 10,000 people. Modern Warfare 3 had over 7,000 people uh, because matchmaking has been fixed uh, for um, Xbox 360. Not on PC or PlayStation 3 yet. Um, but you can play them on Series X or S via backwards compatibility. And uh, you technically don't even need to uh, put the disc in if you had them from like Games with Gold and stuff. So apparently Microsoft fixed the servers. It wasn't Activision. But if you want to play old Call of Duty, you, you can right now. Um, Sega is looking into the possibility of making a Mega Mini Saturn. Mega Saturn, I don't know, a mini Saturn. Um, you know, the, they have the Genesis and uh, two versions of that. But uh, the Saturn, which came out in 94, seems like they might have some trouble. Um, Sega chief Yukio Sugino via Famatsu said, quote, The development of hardware up until now has occurred when the internal and external conditions have happened to align. The Sega Saturn has surprisingly high performance, so the difficulty of creating a mini version is also high. Uh, un, uh, unquote. So he also followed up with um, saying, quote, when it comes to reissuing classic hardware, it's not really a case of saying sales are good, so let's make another. It might be some way off, but I'd like to consider it and we are in a situation where we can develop it openly together with the people who have long loved the Sega Saturn or the Dreamcast. That said, I believe our teams are doing some technical research, unquote. Um, I don't know what I guess maybe it would be too big? I don't know. Uh, obviously, there's rumors of a uh, Nintendo 64 Classic Mini coming out. That's never been confirmed, though. Um, people would probably want a PlayStation 2 Mini at this point, after we got the PS1 Mini Classic, whatever you want to call them. Um, people would love a original Xbox Classic. I don't think that will ever happen. But um, as we get into the newer generations of console it's going to be harder to put those games in a small little hard drive uh, and make it affordable if you will uh, as games got bigger and bigger from when they were on cartridges um we've also learned uh call of duty we're going flip-flopping back and forth here between call of duty stories nine call of duty has around 90 million monthly players uh via activision blizzard um and this came out of the court case of course um it looks like about of those 90 million players, about half of them are on mobile. Uh, they released some details about financial figures uh, via Call of Duty. Uh, revenue has gone up 17% year over year um, for Call of Duty and Activision. Uh, 80% uh, is up 80% year over year act, uh, operating income, uh, mostly across Call of Duty. Premium Call of Duty sales uh, were sharply 
grown year over year. They, they're just going over every all the big numbers. But the fact that uh, over 90 million users and over half of them are on mobile, which a, a lot of people are playing Call of Duty Mobile then, which a little surprising to me. Um, it happens. Uh, and then we've also learned that Blizzard games are coming to Steam. Uh, Overwatch 2 will be the first game coming to Steam from Blizzard. You will still be required to have a Battle.net account, though. Uh, so that is it for gaming. Uh, had a bit to talk about. We are going to transition over into some TV and movie news. I'm going to be blending that news for this week, given the situation that's going on with uh, the strikes. But uh, stick around for after that. We're going to talk about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning uh, Part 1. I will give my review. Uh, but let's uh, let's head on over to Hollywood and see what's going on over there, shall we? All right, let's talk about what's going on in Hollywood, and there is a lot. Uh, this is, uh, like I said at the top of the show, I'm going to refrain um, and, you know, stop essentially talking about upcoming things. And I know that kind of defeats the purpose of Nick's Nerd News, right? It, it, but I am going to be supporting the writers and the actors now that they are both on strike. Um, it's a little harder to talk about stuff because things could still be filmed while the writers were on strike. It wasn't great, but it could still happen. Now the actor's on strike. So essentially Hollywood is shut down, save for things that are maybe under the British Actors Union, which is still working. Or they're independent projects that exist outside of the normal studio system. Um, so we're, we're not going to talk about a whole lot because moving forward. Today I have some news that's holdovers from last week. I will still continue to talk about things that have already released so or ongoing. So like Strange New Worlds and um, sorry, Strange New Worlds and, and Secret Invasion I can talk about. Mission Impossible I can talk about. It came out before the strike. I'm not gonna so like prime example, if I go see Barbie this weekend, not gonna have a review. Um I may or may not. It depends. I'm trying to follow. I know I don't really have any intention of joining SAG or uh, the Writers Guild in, in the future in any time, but I don't want to potentially come off as a scab or do any scab-like things, uh, so I, I don't want to risk any potential future if there is, right? I don't want to guarantee probably not going to happen, but still. You know, there, there's, uh, the, there's always a possibility. Um, the other thing uh, that I wanted to say is, again, th they've put out some guidelines. Like I said, it, it, if, if something is being struck, don't talk about it. Um, if it's already written and released, I, sh I should be okay talking about it. Uh, but I, I want to kind of shift to talking about stuff that is maybe old that I never watched before. Talk about old movies that I love that you know, came out before the podcast started, right? There's a lot of things that we can talk about that I've never talked about before. And that, that's what I'm going to try and do for you guys uh, in, in, in this. 
weird time that we're in. It's the first time since 1960 that both guilds have been on strike at the same time. It's the first time since 1980 that the actors have been on strike. So it's a very different, different time. And uh, there's things it's going to be interesting to cover moving forward. Not a whole lot, though, given the fact that pretty much every production has been shut down because the actors are on strike. You know, they're, they're not acting. Um, and and it's, it's going to be an interesting time. Their demands weren't, weren't, weren't bad. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about what some people had to say in, in relation to that as well. But uh, I don't want to waste any more time that way. Let's, let's uh, talk about what some news that's going on. Uh, so Secret Invasion, new episode today. There's only one episode left. This episode ups the ante on the, the espionage and the idea of Super Scrolls and the invasion of the Scrolls, essentially. And Nick Fury's place in it, Gravik's place in it. It is going to be very, very interesting. It looks like the Battle of Earth played a big deal in terms of Gravik's plan. Um, last week we learned that Rhodey is a scroll. We don't know how long Rhodey has been a scroll or a scroll has been impersonating Rhodey, but uh, it's been happening for quite some time. But uh, this week, this week it, it sets the stage for the finale, that's for sure. Uh, Strange New Worlds, uh, last week's episode was really fun. It, uh, it upped the comedy factor. Uh, minor spoiler here, Spock got turned into a human temporarily and had to impress uh, T'Pring, who is his Vulcan bride and her very uh, strict Vulcan mother that he was a good Vulcan for her to be with. And uh, obviously he was a human, so it was a little, little bit harder for him to do. But it was a good episode. If you guys are sleeping on Strange New Worlds, I would highly recommend it. Especially if it's going to be your first Trek show, I think it would be a great introduction to Trek, because technically it takes place before the original series. So, uh, and it's episodic; it doesn't do like the 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 arc season long arcs. Uh, so it's a good good fresh jumping off point. We're about a few episodes into season two, so you'd have some stuff to catch up on to watch and enough to watch in this time of no Hollywood being done. Uh, like I said, the Union, the SAG-AFTRA union, decided to strike. Uh, that went into effect on Wednesday night. So their negotiations uh, after four weeks, uh, it, it led to that. And let me see. There, the strike started with a empowering speech from Fran Drescher, who happens to be the president of SAG-AFTRA, um, I would, I would urge you guys to go listen to her speech. It's, it's actually really good. This, this strike isn't about the Brad Pitts, the Clooney's, you know, the, the Julia, um, why can't I think of Julia's name right now? It's, it's the, the Meryl Streep's, right? It's not about them. This is about the regular actors on TV or in the background. It's, it's not about the big money makers. Okay. So let, let's just be cautious before we say oh they have millions of dollars not all of them do same with the writers um one of the one of the 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 demands they were asking had to do with ai um i guess the studios had asked it said quote in that groundbreaking ai proposal they proposed that our background performers should be able to be scanned get paid for one day's pay and their companies should own that scan their image their likeness and 
for people to use it for the rest of eternity in any project they want with no consent and no compensation. So if you think that's a groundbreaking proposal, I suggest you think again. Um, unquote. That's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Jesus, that was uh, Duncan Crabtree Ireland, who's the executive director of National of SAG-AFTRA. That was one of their demands. Um, it, it, it's really ridiculous that the studios were, were blocking some of the things. Because I, I was reading, they're very reasonable, if you ask me. Uh, one of the first ones had to do with new media revenue sharing. It said, quote, and this is from, from the, the negotiations, quote, casts share in the revenue generated when their performances are exhibited on streaming platforms. This would allow casts to share in the success of high-performing shows, unquote. That was rejected. That's not unreasonable. Um, you, can, you can view this all online, of course, their whole proposal. Um, uh, protection of the profession, quote, artificial intelligence, establish a comprehensive set of provisions to protect human-created work and require informed consent and fair compensation when a digital replica is made of a performer or when their voice, likeness, or performance will be substantially changed using AI, unquote. Uh, from the, from the, the most, uh, AMPTP, the, that's the producers and studios, quote, failed to address many vital concerns, leaving principal performers and background actors vulnerable to having most of their work replaced by digital replicas, unquote. Uh, it had to do with worker protection that hasn't changed in like 60 years. It, it's, it's not unreasonable, some of their demands. It, it, if anything, the studios were being a little ridiculous. Um, Bob Iger was being interviewed about the subject. He did not come off. Normally, I have respect for Bob, and his was a little not great. Um, he said that writers and actors have unrealistic expectations. He was being interviewed by CNBC. He said, quote, it's very disturbing to me. We've talked about disruptive forces on the business and all the challenges we're facing, the recovery from COVID, which is ongoing, it's not completely back. This is the worst time in the world to add to that disruption. There's a level of expectations that the writers and actors have that is just not realistic, unquote. <laughs> no, Bob. Uh, he also followed it up with, quote, I understand any labor organization's desire to work on behalf of its members to get the most compensation and be compensated fairly based on the value that they deliver. We managed as an industry to negotiate a very good deal with the Directors Guild that reflects the value that the directors contribute to this great business. We want to do the same thing with the writers and we'd like to do the same thing with the actors. There's a level of expectation that they have that's just not realistic and they are adding to the set of challenges that this business is already facing that is quite frankly very disruptive, unquote. Um, I don't necessarily agree with, with Bob here. Obviously he's gonna protect the company. He's already talking about losses they've incurred. He's already laid off a ton of people. There's rumors that he's going to sell to Apple again, which I don't think he should do. Um, he talked about the devaluation of Marvel and Star Wars. Uh, he was speaking of, quote, There have been some disappointments. We would have liked some of our more recent releases to perform better. Marvel's a great example of that. They had not been in the TV business at any significant level. Not only did they increase their movie output, but they ended up making a number of television series, and frankly, it diluted focus and attention. That is, I think, more of the cause than anything, unquote. Um, 
he followed up with, quote, it's reflective not as a problem from our personal perspective, but I think in our zeal to basically grow our content significantly to serve mostly our streaming offerings, we ended up taxing our people way beyond in terms of their time and their focus where they had been, unquote. Um, he talked about Marvel, uh, Pixar, he talked about Disney, Star Wars. I mean, he's not wrong, right? At, at one point, there was a Marvel show every, every couple months and a movie every couple months, all at the same time, all with huge budgets, and the, the product started to suffer. Uh, everyone knows how Phase 4 turned out. So he's not entirely wrong there, but you, you also got to think, how do you keep the content up? I saw an interesting article today about Hollywood kind of screwed themselves with streaming, with movies, with um, AI stuff, with, with VFX. It's, it's all going to come to a head, um, and, and we'll see ultimately what happens. I mean, you got two huge movies releasing on Friday this week, and we'll see if they can um, counteract each other and still do well and not cannibalize too much. Granted, a lot of tickets have been sold for double features, apparently, for people to watch both uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie. Um, as I stated, House, so some shows will continue to film d despite the strike, one of those being House of the Dragon. Uh, that's because most of the actors are British and are under the British Actors Union Equity, uh, which they legally cannot strike in solidarity, um, but they can still work technically because it's a different contract, different works. Um, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning brought in $56.2 million opening. Uh, that might seem low, but remember it opened on a Wednesday. It ended up pulling in $80 million over the five days. And it brought in $155 million worldwide, which just continues to show you that Tom Cruise is an international powerhouse and will continue to be one. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 hits Disney Plus on August 2nd. Peacock will be right raising their prices to offset millions in losses. That's ridiculous. Uh, they lost about $3 billion in 2023. Just shows you that maybe creating your own streaming service doesn't always work. Starting next month, Peacock Premium will go to $5.99 a month from $4.99. Uh, so that's a dollar. And uh, that's the and commercial free Peacock Premium will go from $9.99 to $11.99. Uh, so that's a $2 rise. Not a whole lot, but they join other streaming services in rising prices yet again. Christopher Nolan was being interviewed. Uh, he has sworn off superhero movies, but apparently is open to Star Wars. And what I say to that is, please, God, no. I'm sure it'd be amazing, but then I'd have to go back on my no-watching Christopher Nolan movies anymore. And I can't do that for the sake of my pride and integrity. <laughs> um, we learned that Tom Cruise lobbied uh, for SAG-AFTRA in uh, response to AI and... Um, uh, uh, stunt stuff, stunt actors. Um, I guess, uh, you know, they wanted to use AI likeness. I guess Tom Cruise is completely against being scanned and de-aged and stuff. Uh, but via deadline, it says, quote, a source close to the actor notes his discussion wasn't specifically concerning his latest blockbuster spy pick, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. It was instead an acknowledgement of the power actor PR has an influencing box office results, which are, of course, crucial for theaters post-pandemic and for the profession of acting in turn, unquote. Um, 
he lobbied on behalf of stunt performers and, and against AI. And, uh, you know, before this movie, like he did before Top Gun Maverick, he actually gave a message with Christopher McQuarrie, the director, saying thank you for coming to a theater and stuff. Tom is trying to save the industry here, folks. Um, and uh, final bit of news here. Like I said, we're going to be moving on from news for the, the time being. Uh, Netflix has removed its cheapest tier in the U.S. and the U.K. like it did in Canada. The basic tier, um, which was $9.99 a month, or 10.99 pence, right? Did I say that right? Quid? 11 quid a month? Um, Without ads, has now been removed. That is not available anymore. Uh, So... The only options, the cheapest ad-free option for Netflix is fifteen forty-nine a month, which it's a lot. Um, so be on the lookout for that. That's for new and returning subscribers. If you already are on the ten-dollar plan, you won't lose it. Um, so you either have the ch- the cheap like eight-dollar plan with commercials, or the fifteen-dollar or the twenty-dollar options. Um, and then speaking of Netflix. After their password crackdown, they actually saw an increase of subscribers. Everyone thought they would lose subscribers. They saw an increase of 5.9 million subscribers, actually, after it, which, that's crazy. That's crazy that people came back. I guess people love their Netflix and didn't want, didn't want to lose it. Makes sense, right? I mean, I get it. Um, but... In our official kickoff of old movies, as we finish the news, before we review, before we review Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, uh, I'm going to go by decade for the next few weeks, and then we'll go into genre and things like that. Uh, but I'm going to start with movies made before 1950. So the 30s and 40s, not a whole lot of movies were made. Uh, so that's why I decided to blend those in, and that is going up to the year 1950. Um, I want to talk about my favorite movies made before that. So we'll start at the bottom. Um, of like the 12 I've seen, including Disney Animation, which I'll do a separate list in a little bit, uh, two movies I really fucking hate, and I'm not even going to put them on the list. I do not like Citizen Kane. I respect what it did for the industry, but I do not like the movie. And Dub- Double Indemnity is a movie I cannot, I can never bring myself to watch ever again. It's just not, it's hard. It's hard to watch those old movies, man. It is hard, hard, hard. Um, but anyway, let's start at the bottom and we'll go from there. Uh, at number six, I have Wizard of Oz, released the 25th of August, 1939. I, it, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who's never seen The Wizard of Oz. It's a great movie. It's fun. It's a musical. Uh, the color is amazing in it. It's actually like one of the first color movies, if I remember correctly. I'm probably wrong in that. But um, Wizard of Oz, fun movie. Uh, number five, I have Miracle on 34th Street, the original, released the 11th of June, 1947. Great Christmas movie. I recommend it highly if you've never watched it. Uh, it's about Santa Claus coming to New York, being in the Macy's parade, and uh, proving himself to be the real Santa. Goes to court. It's a fun movie. 
Number four, it happened one night, and this is going to be the oldest movie on the list. The uh, 22nd of February, 1934, Clark Gable. It's a comedy. It's a rom-com, technically. It's about a, uh, a man and a woman who have to travel up. I forget where they're going. Uh, and just the hijinks that ensue in trying to hitchhike and get somewhere in the 30s when you don't have a lot of money. Uh, number three, I have Rope, released August 26th, 1948. This is one of Alfred Hitchcock's first movies. It's based on the book. It is a great movie. It starts Jimmy Stewart. Uh, it's all based on a small piece of rope that gets found. There's a murder mystery. If you, like, if you like Alfred Hitchcock and you've never seen this film, I highly recommend it. I really enjoy Rope. Number two, I have Bicycle Thieves. It is an Italian film released November 24th, 1948, kind of in the boom of Italian movies post-war. Uh, it's about a man and a son. Uh, he gets enough money to get a bicycle so he can start working after the war. And then the bicycle is stolen. And uh, most of the movie is spent following him trying to get his bike back. Uh, I would recommend watching in the original, um, in the original Italian. Uh, there's some other movies I've watched that I have to go back into my syllabuses from school. I've watched, I've taken several different film classes. I'd have to go back and look. I know I'm missing a few films. Uh, and then number one, and this is actually one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, if I had to make a list, this would be on it. Casablanca. Casablanca. Originally released in limited theaters on November 26, 1942. Released uh, nationwide on January 23, 1943. Uh, tells the story of Rick Blaine, proprietor of Rick's Place in Casablanca, uh, a bar which uh, houses some questionably legal things. Uh, set during World War II, and people are trying to essentially escape Europe and then get out of Casablanca to either America or, or safe places that the Nazis aren't. And uh, it stars Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman. One of the best movies ever made, in my opinion. I love it. And if you've ever heard the song As Time Goes By or Play It Again, Sam, that, that's what that's from. So Casablanca, one of my favorite movies uh, especially ones made before 1950, but would still be in my top top 10 overall. Uh, I'm going to do a small little animated list here. Obviously, I grew up on Disney films, um, as I'm sure a lot of you have as well. Um, so I'm going to start from the bottom. For Disney movies released before 1950, uh, I don't have Saludos Amigos or things like that because I actually haven't seen that. Um, and I left off Fantasia because I don't really count that as a movie. It is, but it isn't. Um, I have Bambi at number five, released August 21st, 1942. So it just reminds you how old these movies are. Uh, Dumbo, for uh, that released October 23rd, 1941. Snow White, which was the first animated Disney film, not show or short, film. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, released December 21st, 1937. Uh, I have Cinderella, which I do enjoy. That was released March 4th, 1950, so that is the newest film in today's conversation. And Pinocchio is my favorite of the original Disney films, released February 7th, 1940. When you wish upon a star makes no difference who you are. And that will be the end of me singing today. Anyway... That's it for the normal stuff of Nickster News. 
If you guys want to stick around, we are going to talk about the Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, which I was able to watch this past weekend. And uh, as always, check out the socials, Nick's Nerd News. We're on threads, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, Facebook, all the like. Uh, check out my personal, the Nick DeFalco. Hey, we're on Discord, too, don't forget. Uh, if you guys didn't know, you can interact with other fans of the show. Um, also, uh, like, share, subscribe, because we're on all the fun stuff for you guys to uh, have fun with. Uh, and uh, that's, that's kind of it for the show. Uh, but stick around. Let's talk about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Spoilers as well. Uh, it was great. Honestly, Tom Cruise did it again, folks. Uh, in my personal opinion, it is the best Mission Impossible film uh, released to date. It, uh, it is fun. It is almost nonstop action. It, it starts off with action or tense, tense thriller type vibes because it's uh, a Russian submarine, which, again, Russian subs, you got to worry. But the tension is there from the start, and it doesn't stop. Like I said, it, it, it is rip-roaring and going from minute one to the final minute. The movie's almost three hours long. Didn't even know the movie was three hours long. When I got out of the theater, I was like, what the fuck time is it? And boy you don't notice the time going by. Uh, the new cast is great. Haley Atwell is fun. Uh, Carrie Elwes was great. He's technically... Um, I'm not... He's technically part of the antagonists. antagonists. Palm Clementif, who you might know from the Guardians films as Mantis. She portrays a fun, like, assassin character. Ezai Morales, who plays the main villain, Gabriel... Uh, which looks like he'll be the main villain in part two as well. Amazing addition to the cast. I very much enjoyed his his character. Uh, of course, we had returning members like uh, Benji, played by Simon Pegg. Uh, Ving Rhames was back. Uh, obviously, Tom Cruise. We also had the return of uh, we had the return of Re Rebecca Ferguson as Elsa Faust. Vanessa Kirby back as Alana Mustafa. Um, I can't remember the name of her character. Um, but, uh, no, great. Great additions, though. Haley Atwell was a very welcome addition. Uh, Henry Zerny was back. He hasn't been in the, in the movie since the first Mission Impossible. Um, I also very much liked uh, the Shea Wingham's character, Jasper. He's a, been, he's a fun addition to the cast. Uh, he's essentially hunting Ethan for the U.S. government. But... It is a very, very fun movie. Like I said, nonstop action. Some things happen in it that you would not expect. Uh, obviously, Tom Cruise has his amazing stunt when he jumps off the mountain. That's later in the movie than you might think. Um, but overall, it was just—it was a great fucking movie, and I'm pissed that we have to wait so long for part two now. But like, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Like I said, the best Mission Impossible movie. It has one of the best casts, the best story. It's anti-AI. Uh, everyone gets to do something in the movie, which you don't always get to say about a Mission Impossible movie. So it, it's fun. We also learn more of Ethan's backstory than we ever did before. So that, that's a very interesting look. So like we get, a we get some stuff told 
that takes place before the Mission Impossible first movie, uh, and when Ethan was not part of the IMF, the Impossible Mission Force. The music and using the Mission Impossible theme throughout in different ways was great. It was a great thing to do. It's it's fun. Uh, not not a whole lot of CGI, a lot of practical, which is which was great. A lot of new places we've never been in the Mission Impossible series. Uh, they do go to Rome, uh, but I will say this: this is the second movie I've seen in the last six months that feature cars driving down the Spanish steps in Rome and destroying them in some fashion. I I don't know what what Hollywood's obsession is with destroying Rome lately, but they did it. They did it in this, and they did it in 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 Fast X. So that's uh, very interesting for sure. But overall, it's a great movie. And if, if, if you haven't seen it, go fucking see it. Especially in the theater. Mission Impossible movies are always worth the watch in a theater. But uh, if, if I would put a rating out of it, I'd, it, like I said, perfect 10 out of 10. It, it's really fucking good. And I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise fan, but I enjoy the Mission Impossible movies. This is hands down the best one. Uh, part 2 releases about a year from now, but um, hopefully the strike will be over and it will actually release. I have faith that it will be. Uh, but yeah, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. That is it for Nixter News this week, guys. Thank you again. Make sure to follow us on socials. And uh, I will catch you guys on the flip side. Oh, before you go, though, uh, take a listen to our new outro music, again, produced by yours truly, uh, and we're going to be using that uh, from now on. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I'll catch you guys on the flip side. This has been a production of Nixner News. Please do not use without implicit permission. And yes, that means with a fax machine. Thank you.